Hello and welcome to Embodied Astrology. Thanks for listening. This is Renee Sills, your astrologer and host. My approach to astrology is as a language for living life here on Earth. It's a tool that's been used for as long as humans have existed to help us track, observe, sense, and honor our relationships to seasons, cycles, and the passage of time through space. As you listen to your horoscopes and interpretations that follow, let them be suggestions rather than predictions. Notice what resonates and what informs your experience. Notice if what I say brings sensations of your own inner knowing. Remember, astrology works the best when it's a guide for your intuition. These horoscopes were recorded for the new moon on March 6, 2019. Each of them begins with an introduction centering each sign in the zodiac. Listen to the introductions for your rising sign to learn about what areas of life or what part of your chart the current astrology is working in. Listen also for your sun and moon signs to learn how your ego and your emotions are being influenced. Following the introduction, you'll hear a description for the new moon astrology and some suggestions for how you might interpret the planetary movements in your own life. At the end of the recordings, I give more information about embodied astrology and let you know where and how you can learn more. Thanks so much for listening. I hope you enjoy and find benefit in all you receive. Hello, Gemini. Thanks so much for listening. In the horoscopes that follow, you're going to hear my interpretation of the astrology for the new moon in a general way, and I'll be talking about planetary movement through the signs. So you'll want to apply this movement to the specific areas of your chart that each sign rules. I'll begin by talking about Pisces. For you, Pisces is kind of the heaven of your chart. It's the highest point, and it describes um, the most external or exterior you. You might think of this as your public image or your ambition to become something. You can also think of it as your career, your vocation, or your path. It's basically how you want to be growing into whatever it is that you're growing into. And... Um, as I said, your ambitions or your aspirations. And then I talk about the sign Taurus and Uranus and Taurus. And for you, uh, Taurus is the sign just before yours. And it relates to the space around you that might be felt but is never really able to be known. And you can think of this as the dream space or the invisible space or what Jung called the collective unconscious. It's kind of the... Um, vibey, interpermeating, liminal space that is always around you at any given moment. Um, so this is where inspiration comes from and where you kind of sense things, but you might not know exactly what they are. Then when I talk about Capricorn and Saturn and Pluto in Capricorn, I'm talking about a space for you, which I might call your shadow. It's similar in some ways to what I just described as Taurus as a place that can't really be known, except the shadow is where you put things that are hard to know or hard to talk about, or maybe you know them, but you don't really want to know them. They are often places that you turn away from. This is also the place of intimacy and vulnerability and deep attachment. And so it's a place that you might access in um, important relationships. And so it would be the feeling. 
in those relationships. Um, and of course, feelings and important relationships are often complex and hard to talk about. And this could also be a place of secrets or a place where you're trying to sort things out in your relationship. And finally, this is a place where energy gets exchanged between you and another person or people. And so often this part of the chart is talked about in terms of debts and inheritances. Um, and so that's kind of a literal financial exchange, but you can think of it uh, more metaphoric than that simply as energy being exchanged. And then finally, I'll talk about the sign Aries and Chiron in Aries. And for you, this is the 11th house. And the 11th house is social groups, friends, and networks. And the hopes and worries you have uh, for your creative projects and the future of your children, if you have them. And so it's kind of like this larger space within the social and the material world. The place where you hope your... Um, actions and energy will ultimately manifest into, as well as the fears and the worries that you might have about that space. It's also where you can access a lot of other people, and these are the, the friends of your friends or the broader social circles that you're involved in. Okay, thanks for listening. Now on to the interpretation. So this is a chart for the new moon in Pisces on March 6th, 2019. The new moon is uh, exact around 9 in the morning um, in the Pacific United States. And if we were able to look all the way out into space from our apparent view here on Earth, it would seem that the moon and the sun and the planet Neptune and the asteroid Vesta were all in a line with each other. They're all in alignment. And in astrological terms or astronomical terms, the, um, what this is called is conjunct, when planets are together, when they're acting together. And what this means is that all of the planetary energies are infused and they're, um, we, we can't separate them out. So I'll go through um, all of these energies and you can imagine them all kind of swirling together. The first is the earth, of course. So here we are in um, our home, this terrestrial sphere of existence where we have to live according to the rules of earth. And so this means that we are in form, we're in our bodies, we have the rule of gravity, we have time and space as they exist uh, in kind of a confinement around our bodies and uh, lots of different rules that apply because we're embodied. And then, of course, the human rules or the social rules of wherever we happen to find ourselves. So remember that here we are on Earth and we're being bathed in the light of these other bodies and these influences kind of uh, coming towards us. So first, we're going to look out and see the moon. And the moon is an energy that is very familiar. So it's our moon. It's our satellite. It orbits around our Earth. And every month, it returns to the shape that it was previously. And it moves from empty to full. And whether or not it's something that we pay attention to, it's something that all of us know about and maybe are comforted by. And there's a regularity to it and a rhythm to it. And there's a consistent coming back. And the moon then is a symbol of familiarity, and it's a place that we return to. 
and there may be a feeling of home or subjectivity or, as I said, familiarness in what it does for us. And in the astrological language, the moon is the feeling of mood and specifically the emotional mood. Um, How are you experiencing yourself in this moment now? Now, the moon is dark at the moment. We're in a new moon, and that's because it's together with the sun. So the light of the sun is not being reflected on the moon. So there may be an openness or a question in the the question that I just asked of how are you feeling right now? And what we have then is the light of the sun, and the light of the sun can't really uh, be perceived directly. It's so big. And currently, the sun is emanating in the sign of Pisces. Pisces is a symbolic image of the great expanse of unknown. It's a dream space. It's where everything comes together and gets collected and interpermeates and spreads out, and nothing has a beginning or an end or a form that we can really identify. So when the sun and the moon come together in the sign of Pisces, there is a completion as well as a beginning. You can think of Pisces as the place where everything ends up and also the place where everything originates. So it relates to the ocean. Of course, the ocean is the place that we all came from originally, and it's also the place that collects everything that happens here in the terrestrial sphere. Beyond the sun and the moon, there's the asteroid Vesta. Vesta is one of the goddess asteroids, and the mythology of Vesta has to do with a particular kind of devotion, and it's devotion to spirit. It's devotion to the symbol of the flame. And this feeling is like whatever it is that really is the spark, really is the curiosity, Whatever it is that you orient towards as spirit or light or um, essence or God or whatever name works for you, you're tending to it. And as a human being in your embodied form, your job is to keep this flame alive. And this might mean that it's your joy or it's your curiosity or it's your essence or it's God, but whatever it is that exists in you that is more than the mundane, more than the dirt and the clay and the form, it's something that infuses all life and you devote yourself to it. And beyond Vesta, there's the planet Neptune. And in many languages across the earth, this planet is named for the god or the goddess or sometimes the monster of the sea. And Neptune and Pisces are very closely associated. Neptune is the planetary ruler of Pisces. And Neptune as an outer planet is infusing um, the situation. So we have this dream-like uh, space of Pisces and then the the goddess of the dream or the monster of the dream or however you want to think about it really taking up space within the dream and all of these planets acting together our mood our conscious awareness what it is that we're devoted to and and yearning for are all swimming in the dream kind of saturated in the dream and so a new moon like this, where all of the planetary energy combines, 
in a space like Pisces, in a dream space, is quite an interesting symbol for dreaming a new dream or maybe for remembering a very old dream. And every new moon in the astrological language is a moment when we can start something new. There is a new question or a new beginning. And the more personal nature of the moon comes together with the um, kind of infinite nature of the sun. And in this meeting, we get a little... Um, seed or a little glimpse of something that then throughout the next month we're going to grow. So as you consider the, the meaning of this new moon, consider this dream and consider this devotion and consider this idea of a space that is not yet formed but holds all of the remnants and the memories of everything that has ever been and the space where anything can be created out of. Dream a new dream. Remember an old dream. Now, right at the end of the sign Pisces, the planet Mercury on the day of the new moon has slowed all the way down to a standstill, to a stop, and is starting to appear to move backwards. And so on Earth, we call this Mercury retrograde. It's a visual phenomena. Again, it's apparent from our point of view here on Earth. And it's a phenomena that's created in the difference between a faster moving and a slower moving object. So Mercury moves faster than the Earth in its orbit around the sun. And therefore, three times a year, because of how uh, it catches up to us and we catch up to it, it feels like um, the planet starts to move backwards or it seems like the planet starts to move backwards. It's kind of like if you're in a car next to a train and one of them seems to be moving backwards. So when Mercury turns retrograde, the symbol here is that we have the fastest moving planet in our solar system, and Mercury is the figure of Hermes. You might remember Hermes as the messenger god that moves between the upper and the lower worlds. And this figure is our communication capacity. It's how we make sense of our experience. And I think of it as the inner narration. So life is strange. You're experiencing your life, whatever is arising in your life, and then you're telling yourself stories about it so that it makes some kind of sense. And what your mind has to do is multiple journeys and uh, little tricks in order to apply whatever it is that you're experiencing to your notion of self, to your ego. And then this comes out of you in your communication skills, how you listen to other people, how you talk to them, the facial expressions you make and the gestures that you have. And when we think of Mercury retrograde, the image is this communicator uh, moving into more of an interior space, maybe moving backwards, trying to recall or remember or retrieve something. And when Mercury turns retrograde, as it's doing on the day of the new moon, it is then going to retrace its steps to go all the way back to a certain point where it's going to pick something up that uh, perhaps it dropped or didn't notice on the first time around. This is called the shadow of Mercury retrograde. 
And it's a period of time preceding the actual retrograde where uh, the planet will then retrace its steps. It will go all the way back to this point that I mentioned where it had forgot something or didn't notice something. And that day, that degree point was February 18th. So you might think back to February 18th um, from the moment that you're listening right now and just consider um, the journey backwards from March 6th to February 18th. When Mercury goes retrograde, the communication and intellect capacities, as I said, become more interior and tend to function backwards. And so during Mercury retrograde, it is common that plans and communications get a little muddled and mixed up. And over the course of the next three weeks, as Mercury retraces its steps back, um, if you can, give yourself the time to reflect to remain with, to be in relationship, um, to retrieve, to refine. All of the RE words are great for Mercury retrograde. And remember that where Mercury is retrograde is in the sign of Pisces. And so you'll want to know which house, which area of life uh, Pisces is for you. Now, Mercury is going to return all the way uh, to the degree point where the new moon is today. So this is a very special day that we're having a new idea and our intellectual capacity is turning around. And over the course of the next couple of weeks, we might develop this idea and we have to do some interior work. And what this work looks like in Pisces is non-linear. It's not the kind of work that you do. So dream time, sleep time, creative time, play time, these are all really important uh, for the next couple of weeks. The Piscean energy, as I mentioned, is not linear. It's not logical. It shows up in symbolism. It is a collecting space where remnants of the past are still vibrating and visions of the future are being born all of the time. So during this time, it is so helpful to let yourself take a break from logic and from the linear reality or from whatever you like to think of as reality or don't like to think of as reality. Just pause and be in a space of unknowing, be in the mystery. And that is really, uh, I think, the most important thing to know about this Mercury retrograde is that you don't need to know anything. All you need is to be present, to tune into your subtle awareness, to notice what impressions arise and notice how you respond to them. Um, try not to identify or deny them, but just kind of be with them. Over the course of these next couple of weeks, you might have a lot of different things going on. So write down your ideas. It's not a great time to initiate new projects. So if you get ideas for things that haven't begun yet, just keep them around as notes. And then once Mercury finishes its retrograde cycle, um, there's more clarity to, to move forwards. You're, you're ready. You have the information that you need. Something has settled and landed. Now, this is important, um, especially because of some outer planet 
movement that is happening either on the same day or around the same time. And the first of the outer planet movements uh, that we'll look at is the planet Uranus. And Uranus, on the same day as the new moon, travels into the sign Taurus. And that means it's traveling out of the sign Aries, where it has been transiting since 2011. So the last seven to eight years, um, this planet has been infusing uh, Aries. Now, what this is, Uranus is an energy that innovates and revolutionizes and disrupts. And often how it does that is it brings a lot of change. And so words that relate with Uranus are awakening, liberation, change, sudden shock. If you know what part of your chart Aries exists in, what area of life this is in, and if you think back to the last seven or eight years, this is an area of life that has probably undergone some significant renovation. And the need for Uranus is to disrupt the status quo, especially places that feel confining, especially places that feel um, limiting or stale or, um, I don't know, just you know, not up for whatever it is that you, that you want in the future that you're moving towards. And Uranian energy is a very future forwards. It is the inventive energy and it's kind of like aha moments. And so you may have had a number of these kinds of moments in this area of your life. And of course, seven to eight years is a long time. And how the, uh, the outer planets work is typically... Um, in a phase. And so though there may have been some uh, sudden movements in this part of your life, or maybe even things that felt shocking or chaotic, probably if you think about it and feel into it, anything that seemed to come out of nowhere, you can follow its momentum either into the past or forward into the future or which may be the past now if you think of this cycle. Um, but see that there's actually some kind of rhyme and reason for this. And so it may be that something was starting to occur to you in more of an intuitive way or a subconscious way, changes that you are wanting to make, but for whatever reason uh, weren't able to manifest these changes consciously. And so it could be that events around you started to shift as your intention and readiness started to shift. And then outer experiences opened doors for uh, new personal experiences to happen. And it may be that you notice how these changes affected your awareness. And a big word for Uranus is awareness and awakening. And so as you reflect on this place of your life where Aries is, Ask yourself, what has been awakened? Now Uranus is moving into another sign. It's moving into the sign Taurus. And as it moves into Taurus, it's moving into a sign that is very much about the body and the sensate experience. And because Uranus brings awakening over the course of these next seven years or so, you, us, we are all going to need to awaken uh, in our bodies. 
quite deeply. And I recently learned that there's a word for this and it's called interoception. So interoception is perception in the interior. It's the ability to actually feel the subtle movements of your body. Um, So a simple one would be, can you feel your breath? More subtle and complex might be, can you feel your blood? Or can you feel your liver? Or can you feel your brain? And maybe you've had experiences where you can actually attune yourself to these subtle vibrations, and maybe you haven't. So if you're hearing this and you're like, oh yeah, I know how to do that, then these next seven years are going to be a time when this skill and capacity um, is greatly needed and you're going to be developing it. And my invitation is to think about how interoception works in the area of life um, that Taurus rules in your chart. Now, if you've never heard of interoception or when I said maybe you can feel your brain or you can feel um, your blood and you were like, what? <laughs> um, then what you can do is start to train this sense. And this is the sense that I work in a lot. So I would really recommend that you participate with the guided meditations that I offer. I think that there are almost a hundred at this point. They are somatic meditations. Um, They're meditations that develop the interoceptive sense uh, through guided awareness and imagery and sometimes palpation and touch. Um, There are lots of techniques for somatic awareness, and if mine doesn't work for you, then you might look into modalities such as body-mind centering, or Feldenkrais, or Alexander technique, um, or Thomas Hanna's somatics, or maybe you have your own, maybe there's another name for something I'm not saying. Um, If you're a dancer, the Bhutto technique um, works a lot with this or that style. Um, I guess one other thing or a few other things to say about Uranus transiting through Taurus is that Taurus is a sign that relates to the earth element and the way that the earth element uh, becomes formalized. And so this then is all of the stuff that we think is real. So it's our bodies, it's our houses, it's the other people in our lives, our relationships, etc. And Taurus in particular uh, also relates to value, values, wealth, money, and food. And over these next seven years of Uranus and Taurus, there may be big shifts for all of us in the collective in these areas. So bodies, land, earth, wealth, finances, agriculture, um, nourishment, etc. And remember that change always brings opportunity. A lot of us get scared when we consider change. And in a lot of ways, that's natural, it's normal. But definitely it's worth remembering that change brings opportunity. And when things shift from the way that we expect them to be or the way that they were, we are opened into spaces of rapid learning and adaptation and creativity. And we have so many skills. Our beings are creative beings. Humans are really amazing adaptive creatures. And um, amongst the nine some billion of us that are on earth, a lot of us have a lot of insight and tools. And 
we have everything that we need to deal with the changes as they come. So when I say change, if you feel yourself get a little clenched inside, um, notice that, breathe into it, and try and find uh, in yourself if there's also a place of excitement or if there's a place of openness, um, and breathe into that as well. Taurus currently on the day of the new moon also holds the planet Mars and Mars is in conversation with the new moon uh, stellium, this grouping of planets in Pisces. And the kind of conversation it's in is very productive. It's called a sextile. And Mars in Taurus is bringing will and power and motivation into um, this sign, which again is the earth. It's the body. It's the form that materializes and accumulates. And as Uranus enters the sign and as we are opening to change, Mars is giving us power to change. And Mars is also in positive conversation with the planets Saturn and Pluto. And Saturn and Pluto are currently in the sign Capricorn, which is another Earth sign. And this kind of Earth, the Capricorn Earth, is the sign of structures that build slowly over time. So these are historic structures, generational structures, and structures that form rules. So if you know where Capricorn is in your chart, this is a place for you that Saturn and Pluto are working together to help you restructure your structures and come into greater alignment and integrity with your rules. Now notice that I didn't say the rules, I said your rules, and that's important um, because the earth is changing. Uranus moving into Taurus is a symbol of the earth changing, forms changing, and old rules don't apply so much anymore. We're moving into a new era of uh, life on earth. Our climate is shifting. Our consciousness is evolving. We're ready for new solutions, new ideas. As I said, we're ready to dream a new dream. And currently there's motivation, there's power, there's initiative and support. So lean into the opportunities that open with change. Now, a couple of other things to mention on this day of the new moon. Chiron, which is a centaur planet, uh, has recently moved into the sign Aries. Now, I talked about Chiron in the last podcast, so if you're interested uh, to know more, then listen to that one. It's the podcast for um, the last full moon, and the title of it is Change is the Only Constant maybe sounds familiar. Um, So Chiron moved into Aries on the day of the last full moon and will now transit the sign for another eight or nine years. And this is support for us to feel and sense and use the bridge that we have uh, between our individual lives, our current identities and experiences here on earth and the ancestral realm. So maybe you've heard people talking about ancestral healing or ancestral connection lately. As Chiron has been approaching Aries, this field of research has been really opening up a lot of interest for a lot of people. And maybe you've also heard about research in epigenetics or inherited memory. 
Our ancestors are actually really close by. They're with us all the time. And you might even say that they're living through us currently. So whatever our ancestors have been through, if what they went through was not resolved, uh, then it lingers in us. And whatever they've gone through and resolved or learned from, we benefit with. We get to use it. And a lot of that ancestral knowledge, because humans have been around for a while, is very far back and it might be beyond the realm of our conscious memory. I don't know about you, but I barely even know my grandparents. I don't know my great-grandparents. So I really only have conscious access back to the previous two generations um, and barely that. And you might have access further back than I do, but regardless of all of that, I think all of us have this blank space kind of behind us where the ancestral field is. And there's memory and wisdom in that field that we can access now. And if what I'm saying sounds really wild and far out to you, just remember that you know how to walk and you know how to breathe and you have lived your life as a functioning human since you were born, functional in whatever way that you are. Your body is a form of evolution in movement. Everything that you know biologically is because of something that your ancestors learned, something that they developed because of whatever circumstances they were going through and the ways that humans have adapted. So it might feel totally bizarre um, to think to yourself, like you could have access to your ancestral memory, to their wisdom, to their knowing. But as I was talking about in the beginning with this new moon and the Neptunian impulses, um, maybe just consider that all of this information and this knowing is in the dream space. So in this kind of oceanic space where everything in existence is kind of swirling around. And because this is the time of the new moon, there's like this big opening right now. And you could reach into that space just behind you or maybe all around you. And you might even imagine that there are bridges and that you could simply walk across a bridge or travel across a bridge and meet up with your ancestors. And you might even put out a call and see who wants to come and meet you. Maybe they want to meet you halfway. Maybe they want to come into your life here, or maybe you want to travel all the way to their uh, existence, wherever they happen to be. But my invitation to you, since this is a new moon in Pisces, and Pisces describes the dream, is to put aside any kind of thoughts that might go, that's impossible, and to just open it up as a curiosity and as a fantasy or imagination. The guided meditation that I've made for this day um, is really supportive for this, and it has the same title as your horoscopes, Dreaming a New Dream. And if you want to explore this idea, then please check it out. Do the meditation. And over the course of these next eight years or so, as Chiron transits Aries, um, we can trust these bridges. We can build and expand these bridges, or maybe these bridges are already built and um, we're just going to start to access them a little bit more and use them a little bit more. 
And especially as our lives change and continue to change and as our bodies change and our relationships change and the structures around us change, um, as I said, we're very adaptive. We've gone through a lot in our collective uh, human experience. We have a ton of tools. And even if we don't know something in our conscious minds, there's someone else out there who does. And we might just be able to access them from this dreamy in-between bridge space. So that's the curiosity, that's the invitation and the meditation for this new moon. Thank you so much for listening. Um, I hope that all that I offer as a suggestion is interesting, that it's helpful and beneficial for you. Again, um, as you listen, apply these energies to whatever part of your rising sign horoscope um, uh, the, the signs rule. So your rising sign dictates which signs rule what areas of life. And you need to know your birth time to get your rising sign. If you don't know your birth time, you can use your sun sign. And you can listen to all the signs if you want, to any of the signs, um, and take what works and leave the rest. Uh, you can choose it like an oracle, as an intuition, or you can go specifically for your signs and uh, just see what pops up in your awareness. So thank you so much for listening. If you'd like to know more about this practice, Embodied Astrology, what it is and who I am and what I do, then please check out embodiedastrology.com. You can find lots of resources there, audio horoscopes for about, mm, I think, two or three years back now for every full moon and new moon. You can find writing, you can find podcasts on astrology. And as I mentioned before, almost a hundred uh, guided embodied meditations, all of which have some kind of astrological anchor. If you're interested in working more specifically with embodied astrology and applying it as a tool for your life, I offer a subscriber service. And this is an exchange between me and you in exchange for your financial support of any amount per month, I'll send you a journal or a planner um, that has the upcoming zodiacal season in it. So not from day one of a month, but from the time when the sun enters a new sign. And the period of time that the sun spends in each sign is about 29 or 30 days. And in that time, we'll go through lunar cycles, full moon, new moon, the quarter moons, and planetary aspects will happen. So planets will come into alignment and conversation with each other, as I was mentioning for this new moon. And uh, in the planners, I give some suggestions for how to interpret these alignments and these cycles. And then there's room for you to journal and schedule and observe how astrology is working for you and with you. Subscribers also get discounts to my online classes and other events. So it's definitely worth it. Um, and once again, you can sign up at any amount per month. And if you'd like to follow me on the social media, I use Instagram quite a lot and take pictures of research and post other astrological inspiration. And you can find me at Embodied Astrology there. And all the content that I post there gets delivered to Facebook. And you can find that at Embodied Astrology as well. So if you'd like to access the planners, go to the website, click donate and subscribe. You can find them there. If you'd like to reach out, I always appreciate your contact. If you've enjoyed this horoscope 
or any of my other work, please share it with your friends and family. Click the like and the heart buttons. And thank you. Thanks for listening. Happy new moon. Bye for now.